0: Kia ora e whānau and welcome to Tall Stories, tales from the built environment, a podcast series by the New Zealand Institute of Building. Join us as we delve into personal stories about inspirational career journeys for people in design and construction as you too build your own story.
1: Kia ora, I'm Jess Dermody and welcome back. Today we are joined by Farron Ingalls, a project manager extraordinaire. Okay, cool. So we'll just start off with like a bit about yourself, where you've come from, how you got to where you are. We'll just kick it off pretty casually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Small town kid, basically. Grew up in a small town called Muchwaka, at the top of the South Island. So pretty much Christchurch's holiday destination. And yeah, went uh, went building basically at the end of my high school career. Didn't do year 13 decided to go building it with my uncle got a trade carpentry so yeah that's basically where i started grandfather was a carpenter so sort of followed some footsteps there and thought it was a good thing you know could travel around the world always get a job hasn't happened yet so i thought i'd start there and look i basically have just kept learning ever since then ended up working started working for a commercial contractor in nelson gibbons construction And, yeah, flicked over from residential to commercial and worked, I think, a six, seven-year period with them, studied at the same time, and then, yeah, ended up moving down to Christchurch with RCP.
1: Was it a big thing when you were at high school? Obviously, it's maybe pushed upon kids now to go to uni, go get the degree, but not the case in your situation. So just just the way it goes, or...?
0: No, it definitely was there, but I just think my mindset at the time, I I didn't want to go to university. I I thought, like yeah we could but I, I didn't have this drive to go and study something specific like medicine or law or anything like that so the trade was a really good option because my family had been through that and i could see that you know you can actually pick up some really good skills and uni didn't even cross my mind wasn't thinking about it at all just completely wrote it off at high school and it's probably over time that changed you know going back and To be honest, I don't think I would have gone through uni at that phase of my life. I think I would have actually probably flunked out. I don't think I was probably good enough to go to uni straight off the bat. Just completely different life aspiration at that point in time. Mm.
1: So a real timing thing then in comparison to where you are now. Most people would probably assume that you went to uni, did really well type thing
0: yeah well maybe i actually struggled to get into uni to be honest i because i didn't sit year 13 they accepted me because i had to sit basically a maths and english test beforehand and it was yeah you're you're an older student obviously coming in at whatever age it was and i had to basically prove that yeah i could spell and write and do some <laughs> sums and some equations and i got over that hurdle and and yeah it was a bit of a, a bit of a hassle but i'm glad i did go um mm. because yeah it, it teaches you to think in a way
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what did you study when you went back and where?
0: So I went back, I studied a Bachelor of Building Science, they call it, or Architectural Science now, Victoria University in Wellington. They run it in parallel with the architectural degree up there, but you piece off, you do some individual papers tailored towards project management and sustainable engineering. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of papers in the first year, which you have to run through the architectural workstream so that that was really interesting for me quite hard to be honest because it it, yeah quite a logical thinker and there's some pretty creative mindsets there and 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 themes that they take through architecture so probably struggled more so in that first year with those architectural papers and then yeah the second and third year it's really getting into project management style papers and courses and yeah really like that obviously knew some construction knowledge at that time so that helped out but wouldn't say i was you know anything great at uni i just (laughs) got through the courses
1: Making your way through. Yep. So, what moving from uni, then you come down with RCP and into Christchurch into that scene. What would you consider was your first big project?
0: First big project was definitely the Justice Precinct. I got interviewed um, by RCP and they said, "Look, there's a, there's a potential opportunity there for you to move down here and work on that one." I said, "Yeah, for sure, definitely, I'll take that." So that is, yeah, by far the biggest project that I have worked on to date massive complexity massive team you know the scale of it it's almost a city block i spent a bit of time on that i basically started working on that when i came to rcp in 2016 and yeah pretty much worked throughout until the finish line basically there so, mm.
1: so how old were you when you took that on
0: oh that's a good question <laughs> I, I think i moved down here when i was yeah about 25 26.
1: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and for those who yeah. aren't in christchurch or have never been you'd hope probably it had not been to the justice precinct that is a huge building and it's so impressive as well i could only imagine the all the different layers that went into that yeah very oh. challenging project by the sounds
0: massive amount of layers and look i was just a really small cog in a big machine like we had a we had a team of project managers you know there and i was just i pretty much came in at entry level you know i came in to do some heavy lifting write the meeting minutes you know just just do some pretty mundane work but over time you your opportunities grow and and look uh, that the justice precinct you know got some pretty bad press through, through you know the construction aspect with program delays and stuff like that it is a high quality project that Fletcher's delivered really really well and yeah like stoked to even be involved in that project because just the amount of learnings that came out of it you know mm. it's massive
1: like what does anything come to mind any any challenges in particular that you can remember
0: the teams on that you know there's so there's so many the amount of site management project management planning teams client teams you know just working with all these different people about all these different aspects that's a very specific project in itself like obviously those government agencies like learning how the police operates and what they want and then the ministry of justice on the other side what they want and you know that's its own complexity but yeah understanding how all these teams work on such a big, large-scale project. It was pretty interesting.
1: Mm. I can only imagine how important teamwork is in such a job. What would be your number one thing, really, with when it comes to that? And obviously now in the capacity that you work in, managing a whole heap of teams, how important is teamwork?
0: Yeah, it's massive. You know, nothing happens without teamwork. And collaboration is is so key everybody sees things differently the engineer will see it differently from the contractor at times or the architect or the client and just bringing people around the table and having a conversation or just having a chat about things to just work through it problem solve teamwork is massive projects are teams essentially and there's been teams on projects before we get there you know this is some projects have been in the planning stage for for, for years Definitely couldn't do it without teamwork.
1: Mm. What do you do when you've got so many different people, so many different personalities working in the one place how do you manage that i could imagine it's quite a challenge within itself
0: yeah it is no look that, that always happens you know every, every person's different there's different personalities i guess in a way you, you just need to to make sure that you know your team in that way you know the personalities that you're working with on a daily basis you know the ones that you can probably have more of a frank conversation with rather than the ones that don't like that get the information around it before you have that conversation so yeah personalities are an interesting one but it's it's all part of everyday life yeah. Mm. yeah.
1: how did you end up as a project manager we touched on a little bit it was a little bit of good luck involved but i'm sure it's a is there some boxes you need to tick? how did that all come about
0: yeah, a good question. Definitely definitely a bit of luck. I think going through the carpentry trade exposed me, especially in the commercial sense, to other areas of construction. So I started with residential and then flicked over the commercial aspect probably around 2010, and it just opened up a new world and all these different career pathways. I had a couple of really good mentors as well that sort of said, you know, push yourself and do what you can, keep learning. And it opened up the boxes, you know, opened up the doorways to project management in a way and yeah I don't know it might have been a mistake but you always think the project manager sits at the top of the triangle but it's not the case so the further you climb the more pressure you get over time and you are the meat and the sandwich in a way you can be a project manager and especially in New Zealand it's quite interesting you can you be a project manager with any type of background you know mm. you don't have to study one certain course you don't have to have that certain trade or that certain degree you can be from all walks of life all backgrounds engineering architecture you don't really even have to be from the trade you can pick it up as you go it's just time Mm. just time you just learn learn over time
1: so what piece of advice would you give to those that might be listening that nearly to the end of their degree or their apprenticeship and and they're really looking forward to becoming a project manager what would be the one thing that you'd like to share with them is there anything a golden rule if not what what else can they be doing day to day
0: Oh, that's a hard (laughs) question to answer. As they're coming to near the end of their their degrees, I guess you want to reach out to the market. You know, there's quite a few job opportunities around at the moment, especially, well, this current environment, but start asking the question, who's hiring and look for where you want to work. Do you want to work in the the vertical construction space or the infrastructure space with bridges and waterways, or do you want to work in this programming projects now, you know, portfolio management, there's a whole different area of project management that you can go and explore and i guess understanding what you want to do and which company aligns with you do a bit of market research and then go and have a conversation with them you know so get a good cv together get your experiences down yeah get what you know down in paper and yeah go and knock on their door and have a conversation or submit it for a, for a job application to start the process because you want to start those earlier rather than later
1: Mm. just crack into it how's it going with the projects that you're working on now we'll talk a bit about the cathedral is it all taken along nicely
0: yeah, no, it's going really well. I've just finished another project last week, so that's quite good. Sort of get a bit of breathing space now. That was the Liverpool Pool project to toy Toy with CrossFit City Council. Had a poly project, so that's quite good. That's sort of done and dusted. And yeah, the cathedral's trucking along really well. We're in the stabilization phase at the moment. That's been a work in progress for 15 months. So obviously you might have seen some big steel frames up there over the last couple of months. There's still a few more to go this year and then Strickland kicks off next year, so yeah. And
1: it must be good for you as well to, to start seeing some progress on a project that means so much to christchurch as well it
0: is it is really good i i'm not from christchurch originally i'm not a local if you call it that yet <laughs> so coming into the city yeah but, um, when i moved down here i didn't really have any connection with that building but it's really good to see work progressing down there you know it's physical tangible evidence that it's happening it hasn't happened for a long time so yeah it's a really positive thing for the city
1: yeah satisfying as well. Yep. yeah, yep. how good. And so how did you get up and how did you land that role, project manager for the Christchurch Cathedral?
0: Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I, I was, again, it seems to be repeated, but I was very lucky. Essentially, my boss or one of my directors, Marcus Reed, they wanted him for the design manager, but his yeah, his time's pretty slim, he's on a across a couple of other projects. So he didn't have enough time to basically do that. So I was sort of the bolt on, you get this guy as well <laughs> to help with that design management space. I joined about 2019 to sort of help with the design management and the heavy lifting there and help Marcus basically. I was there for a bit through that. And then for the project management side, under some really unforeseen circumstances, the, the previous project manager had to, to leave for some personal reasons. So that was sort of the back end of lockdown last year and Naylor Love were basically hitting the ground with construction ready to go and they just asked me to, to bridge the gap for the time being. So, yeah, I stepped into that role and it's been probably been since about May last year. This episode is proudly sponsored by Jib Plasterboard, your local plasterboard manufacturer. Jib Plasterboard offers a wide range of training programs and technical help for lining installation, fire resistance performance, noise control, wet area systems and rigid air barrier solutions please call the jib helpline team on 0800 100 442 for technical support or register for a training session at jib.co.nz training and events
1: so you've ticked off the linwood pool anything else on the cards at the moment as well as the cathedral obviously
0: no, it's actually quite interesting. This is the first week. I've just had one project again, so it's, it's good. The cathedral it takes up most of my time. Quite a uh, chunky project in itself, so yeah, it takes a lot of a lot of energy. So no, nothing else at the moment, which is really good. But I'm sure there'll be something on the cards in the foreseeable future.
1: Can't speak too soon. No. So when you say the first week and how long? That you've had just one project to focus on
0: oh well the limit pool has been quite a good one but that's been happening basically the last three and a half years since i jumped onto that with that team so yeah that's through design and procurement and with the final design and bit of construction with the contractor apollo so that's been a lengthy process in itself but three and a half years is nothing compared <laughs> to some of the projects around town these days you know a lot of them do go longer four or five years
1: so you must have a pretty good diary on your hands or, or some sort of time management tips that you can share with us as to how you're balancing all these different projects at once.
0: Oh, I don't know if I'm the best person about that, to be honest. <laughs> Writing a diary, Outlook looks pretty good these days. You know, you can change colors and <laughs> neat tricks like that. All so,
1: the essential things. Oh, it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Reflecting on your career to date then, what do you think's been um, some of the important decisions that you've made that's helped you get to where you are?
0: I don't know about decisions. I think, it, again, it's really uh, the opportunities that are available at the time, leaving high school and doing a carpentry trade was pretty good in hindsight. Obviously provided quite a bit of background and knowledge into construction. Deciding to go and study, obviously quite beneficial, just takes it to another level and then, you know, it opens up a few more doors. And I think moving locations is key. You know, Nelson, which I guess is quite compact and scale-wise, it didn't have big projects. So Christchurch, through the rebuild, had the opportunity to, to build some bigger projects and to move towns, there's always opportunities coming up to move around and, and follow the projects. So yeah, I'd, I'd say that's probably a key one mm. coming down here. But... It's also learning on the job.
1: Mm. What do you do in the team that you've got? How do you encourage thinking outside the square, being creative, doing things differently?
0: It's really important to get that collaboration working. Everybody sees things differently. Creative thinking, probably in my role, isn't. Such a hot topic. It definitely is in the <laughs> design space. So I'll, I'll caveat that. The design space, yes. But creative thinking and collaborating together is is key in terms of, you know, problem solving. So we've got some pretty unique challenges. Every project has its own unique challenges and how you overcome that as a team is pretty important. So yeah, look getting around the table and just having a conversation about what's happening or where you want to go with it or what the issues are and just hashing it out is a good way from a creative perspective yeah the design teams do some pretty cool stuff these days with technology and bin models and renders and avia virtual reality and you know you can actually put on Goals these days, and walk around the model, so it it changes the game in terms of how people perceive a problem. Too, you know, you can actually break it right down, or go and actually have a look at it in the model, and that's really helpful.
1: Let's go back. You touched on your grandfather being a carpenter as well. So, how important are? those types of mentors how important have those types of people been in your career to date and i'm sure you're probably starting to become a bit of a mentor to others coming through the industry now too
0: oh yes and no i don't know i wouldn't consider myself a mentor yeah look mentors are really really key Uh, like i've had both formal mentors and informal mentors which a weird ways they probably didn't know they were my mentor Mm. they are key i've had a couple of really good ones that have motivated me and helped me over sort of my career to date Pushed me to get a little bit better and that's grandfather my uncle when i was working for him he was really high quality standard that i probably have adopted into everything i do today a yeah, number of site managers and project managers that i've worked with that have been really really beneficial to help me learn that's definitely key and that was informal but we're quite lucky at rcp we have formal mentors too so they have a bit of a mentoring program which basically you can chat with your mentor and have a chat about just generally career growth and progression and how you do things and just take the little gems that they know and how they've managed to get to where they are try and suck that up and apply that to how we do things so,
1: mm. Yeah, i quite like that like an informal mentor those people perhaps didn't know that they're having such an impact on your career at the time but yeah invaluable knowledge getting passed down i'm sure
0: yeah mentoring can have sort of a, a negative line where you've got to go and meet this person every couple of months or you have that chat and it's like well actually mentors don't need to be that they can just be somebody that you actually you see as somewhere that you want to be you, you can learn from them on what they're doing so yeah i've had a couple of those guys that have been yeah pretty important to probably pushing me along keep me motivated
1: Keeping you in line? Yeah, that's it. So what about those, again, let's think about the people that are heading into the industry or perhaps in the industry at the moment as a a young apprentice or just getting into it. What do you think is the biggest challenge that are facing that age group at the moment?
0: Mm, I would say it's almost, it's a challenge, but it's an opportunity. I think technology is changing construction quite quickly at the moment. Construction has been quite slow to pick up technology. It's been one of the industries that has almost been left behind. If you look at all the other areas, manufacturing, for example, so technology is starting to be picked up. And if you don't know technology or if you don't have any strengths there, it's definitely one to have a bit of a look at, but it's an opportunity at the same time, because a lot of young people are coming through it just generally, they know how to work at computer, but they coming through degrees or whatever it is. And it's understanding how the programs work and all of these other opportunities that are coming up in terms of, it doesn't just have to be modeling. It could be just generally big data or analysts companies are looking for people like that at the moment, because it's going to change how we manage projects going forward, probably at the very, very start of it. But there's a massive growth potential there for technology and the younger generation coming through at the moment. Mm.
1: Yes, it's a challenge, but... What an opportunity, as well, to you know, show up to an interview or get talking to people like yourself, and and have those types of skills behind you.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like, even I'm worried I'm getting left behind at the moment. <laughs> These young guys in the office that are doing things that I can't do, and it's it's scary how fast it's moved in the last five or six years. So that's definitely a challenge, but definitely an opportunity for people coming through. Companies really need to find people like this now that can sort of help that change into the technology side of things for for construction
1: Mm. what about from your perspective you're obviously probably meeting people that are coming in and and new to the industry what stands out for you for someone that's making their way what's a characteristic for you that you're like yes i want you on my team
0: they just need to be motivated they just need to have good heel on their shoulders and, and, and a will to learn and then that's essentially all you can ask for at the moment you learn so much on the job so if they're willing to learn be fine
1: what about leadership wise what's one characteristic that you think a good leader should hold
0: oh there's a few there's definitely a few but i think the ability to listen you need to be able to listen to your team and your workmates and whoever you're working with you need to understand them and process what they're saying so definitely listening capacity is is key for leaders and
1: that's been across our whole conversation a, a massive point the teamwork the different people coming and sitting at the table. How important are those connections? And there's so many different elements of putting a building together. We've only touched on a few, but there's so many more. Engineers, architects, the builders themselves. How important is it to have those connections across all the different aspects of the industry?
0: Really important. It's helpful because it speeds things up. You don't need to know everyone. But over time, the construction industry in New Zealand is quite small, especially in Christchurch too. Mm. You know, it's not long before you get to know people and other businesses. You probably work with them on repeated projects. So... Having those connections already is really helpful because it just speeds the process up. You don't have to go through the whole learning who they are type of phase. Essentially you just jump straight into it. It is really good. The NZIB obviously have quite a few events where you can connect with people, site visits or networking or other type of events. So it is good. I've found that quite beneficial over my time with NZIB. Yeah.
1: What else have you enjoyed about being a member? And You've had a bit to do with the YPA and all these other different aspects of the NZIB. What's been something you've really enjoyed about being involved with them?
0: I think the YPA was a really good decision by the NZOB, obviously just creating a younger committee to come up with some ideas, how we can connect to the to the young professionals coming through and, and we've got a couple of these, hence why I've been stuck on the podcast today. Um, Sounds so flattered to be yeah. here. <laughs> Thanks, Malcolm, if you're listening. Um, it is really good. It, it was a great opportunity to, I'm still helping out with the team, you know, there's a big team in the background now, I think there's five or six or eight of them, so there's still a bit of work to go and coming up with a few more and just, yeah, and, and really connecting to that young younger generation and 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 the young professionals coming through the under 30 bracket I really enjoyed my time to date because we're providing back to the young professionals coming Mm. through you know it's helping them learn and helping them connect to other people in the industry it's what we need to do yeah.
1: What would have changed for you building these connections when you were going through your carpentry apprenticeship? And what would you say to people that are in their trade at the uni? What's the benefit of being an NZIB member and, and making those connections? Because it truly sounds like the whole basis of a of a great career.
0: Probably looking back, what I would have thought, if you don't go to them, if you've never been before, you don't know anybody. And it's a bit of a hard, I've got to go along and introduce myself to these people. It's just dumb and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> But if you actually start going, you start talking to a few people, then you make that connection. Then there's one more that you didn't have last time. You can go again next time, have a chat with that person. At least you know somebody and you just start building up from there. And that's essentially networking in itself. So going along and some of these events are quite beneficial in terms of what you'll learn on the day. But having a bit of a stick around, having a chat or a beer or something with some of, the, some of the guys that are left or professionals in the industry, you never know who you're going to meet, mm. you know? It's just, it's just worth saying g'day.
1: Yeah, definitely. And even outside of the events, that's that same introducing yourself, having the confidence to just have a chat to someone. It's just so beneficial, especially like you say in a, I mean, Christchurch, yes, it's a big place, but in the grand scheme of things, pretty small yep. industry, you never know when you're going to come across those types of people again.
0: No you never know where that person will pop up so yeah look the south or well, the south island region is quite small in itself and obviously quite highly based in Christchurch at the moment but they are trying to branch out into Queenstown and, and Dunedin and again that are their own little communities down there and just getting to know people and Is a good thing
1: yeah yeah. yeah. well thank you very much for coming in today Farron I know it's not something that you're so keen on talking about yourself but you've done a great job and I'm sure those young people that are sitting in their uni class or driving to work will appreciate hearing some insights into what it's like when you get to those project management roles and all the best with the projects that you've got going on at the moment
0: perfect thank you very much yes appreciate it
1: if you'd like more information on the New Zealand Institute of Building or about becoming a member you can find that on nziob.org.nz
0: Thanks for listening to Tall Stories, Tales from the Built Environment, a podcast series by the New Zealand Institute of Building.